I have been blessed to get to be here, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share with you. And uh, I, let me say tonight publicly, I thank you for the uh, offer to eat and to have my meal paid for tomorrow night. I would like to uh, participate financially, but I will not be participating in eating because I'm afraid if I eat walking tacos right before I preach, you'll experience talking tacos while I'm <laughs> preaching. Matthew chapter 2. Yeah. So I'll give some money and, and stay home, all right, till service time. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. We have, uh, we have been blessed, uh, or I have anyway, to uh, just get to spend some time in this, this chapter. And I hope, again, I said it in the beginning, that somewhere between Sunday morning and when we leave Wednesday night, that you will have experienced some things with God in this text that maybe you, you hadn't before. And if we do that, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have had at least a meeting with God. Amen. And if I, I found out if I can just get people to God, he can get out of them what he wants to. Amen. That's how he did me. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh, I'm going to read the same text that I've read every night. Uh, and just again, we'll, we'll share a little further of some things that God's give. In chapter 2, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They, they really don't know. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to do this, worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubling all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel." And Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, I want you to notice the text, they rejoiced with what? Exceeding great joy. When you first get somewhere, it's exciting. Your nerves are at their peak and your anticipation and your expectation, they are at its highest. Verse 11, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed into their own country another way and when they had departed behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child's life to destroy him. 
When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. We'll stop again there. Father, again, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the word from Brother Benji tonight. Lord, just thank you for letting him be my friend and, Lord, to know his family. And, Lord, I, I'm, uh, I'm challenged tonight, God, and I, I know what he said is going to go along a lot with what we are going to say tonight, and you're just so good at that. We watched you last night do that. And Father, I pray when it's all said and done tonight, we'll again, we'll have met with you. We'll have some things to meditate on. And Lord, that may help us be a lot better mission supporters and even in our local missionaries ourselves, Lord, in understanding how you really work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have focused for two services. We'll do it again tonight. Lord willing, tomorrow night I'll turn more in your direction of the supporter. But really, we've just spent our time trying to to get a clearer picture of the one that is coordinating this thing of missions. I've said that part of the struggle that I've seen of of this thing of missions is that somewhere along the line we kind of got off track to where when we think about missions and when we focus in mission meetings or we talk about the subject of missions, we, we kind of immediately began to go out there and we think about the people that we're going to and we think about those of us that may be going to those people. And again, not wrong with about thinking about those things, but there is an order to things. And if you get things out of order, whatever you've got out of order is going to be out of order. It's not going to work the way God has designed it to be. And so we've just spent two nights, and again, we'll spend the third one tonight looking at the guy or the the, the God that is coordinating this thing of missions. And we spent uh, Sunday night just looking at the God who coordinates the people of missions. He, he, he knows where you need to go. He knows the people that you need to contact. And he knows the people that need to help you. He knows the people that need to hinder you. He knows who they are. He knows where they are. And he knows how to get the two together because he is the coordinator of people. Last night we tried to deal in the area of he is the coordinator of the plans of missions. I said when I began in missions, I, all I really had to go for my plan was I just developed it off of the plans of other people. Some that I thought may have worked, some that I thought may have not worked, and, and I had a desire, and so I began to develop my plan, and I began to try to institute my plan, and I certainly prayed over my plan. In fact, that's what a lot of us do. We get our plans, and, and then we come to God, and we'll tell Him our plans, and then we ask God to bless our plans, and then we expect Him to bless our plans. But I, I think He said in His sample prayer that we are come to Him, we say, Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. The way we do it, we do it backwards. Let our will be done in heaven as we have it here on earth. He's the one that designs the plan. And if you know God, if you've followed him any distance, he just don't do a lot of the same things over and over. If you go back through the battles of the Bible, one of the mistakes they would have made on many occasions if they'd have tried to fight the second battle the way they had fought the first battle. And what's happened to the church in many ways, it's gotten disconnected from the God who's directing the plans. 
And we need to hear from God for what the plans are, for what He has. I may preach this series somewhere else, but I I don't just go in and assume I'll preach it all the same way and hit all the same points because I'm in a new place and and I'm preaching to new people. And so He's got liberty to change it or move it around as He wants to because He's the one that brought me here. I didn't bring myself, and so I want to hear what He has to say for the hour or the time that I'm here. Tonight I want to deal with the area to where he's not only the coordinator of the people and the plans, but he's also the coordinator of the purpose for the mission he's going to call you to. You've read this several times with me now, and, and there are some things that he's going to desire the wise men to do. It's not their desire. It wasn't something they come up with. It was something that God came up with. He said, I want you, the wise men, to go from the east and I want you to go to Jerusalem. He decided that that's where he wanted them to go, but he decided the purpose for which he had them to go. They knew their purpose. When they left down there, they didn't know all of who he was. They didn't know uh, uh, where he was. There was so much that they didn't know, but there was one thing that they knew when they left where God had called them from to go on this mission for what God had. It was that when they got there, when they found him, when they didn't know where he was, and they found him when they didn't know who he was, but when they got there they were going to do one thing for sure they were going to worship him God had given them this is the purpose for your mission this is in the east this is when they're at their house this is when they're in their home and you can just pretend tonight again because we're thinking about missions that if they were on deputation and they certainly weren't but if they go around and they say what are you going to do I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to worship that's what That's what I know. They're not only going to worship, but they're they're men of means and God's going to use those means that they have to give to the one that they're worshiping. How do you know? Because when they left, they brought their treasures with them. They didn't get there, get in the mood of the situation. And think, man, I left my billfold at home. They're going to take up an offering and all I got is credit cards. Too bad. When they left home, they not only had a mind of giving worship, they had of giving of their treasures. And Lord willing, we'll say more about that tomorrow night. But they're not just bringing anything. They're bringing very specific things to give. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I said the other day, it's kind of comical. I've thought about it through the years. Isn't that such an odd thing to bring to the baby shower? (laughs) We're going to go see a baby, and we're going to give something for the baby. What are you going to give? You're going to give clothes? Because the Bible said that when he was born, all he had was swaddling clothes. They had rags that they wrapped him in. Then why did God not have them bring him some new clothes when they come? From the scene that's in the, uh, again with the shepherds there, he's found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's laying in a manger. He's laying in, a, in an animal feed unit. 
And you'd think, well, if these are men of means and they're coming and they're going to, to give to a baby, they know they're coming to see a baby. Where is he that's born king of the Jews? They know they're coming to see a youngin, and he doesn't have the clothes that he needs and he doesn't have uh, the crib that he needs. And why in the world are they bringing what they're bringing? They're bringing what they're bringing because that's what God said to bring. It don't have to make sense to you. Here we're coming with our gold and our frankincense and myrrh. I don't know if you've ever had God ask you to do something that seemed totally idiotic to you or not. But if you've not, keep following. We've come. We want to see the baby. Here we are. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They know they're supposed to bring that. They don't know why they're supposed to bring it. They don't know what's going to be done with what they bring. That's not the issue. Because God has said, here's my plan. I want you to come and my purpose for you coming is that when you get there, you're going to worship. That's what they know about. That's the revealed plan of God. That's the revealed purpose of God. You're going to go from here to there and when you get there, you're going to worship. The purpose that you're going to go is not only to worship, but you're going to give something when you get there. Another thing that's revealed, a thing that they know when they leave home, they know when they get in the presence of Christ, they're going to receive something. They're not looking for monetarily things. They're not looking for physical things. But they know when they step in the presence of Christ, one that's born king of the Jews, they're going to submit themselves to them and they're going to let him have the reign over him. And so when they bow before him, understand, they're expecting something in return. They're going to receive something from God. When they bow before him, and they do. Because much like mission, the, the role of a missionary, that star was there to guide them to Christ because they'd never met him. But once they met him, the star was not needed anymore because God's going to speak to them personally. And he's going to help guide them the rest of the way. That's how I got started in this whole thing was that understanding right there. Everything else just blew up from there. But that's what they know. That's the revealed plan of God. But there's a lot of things in the text that's going to happen that God's going to use them for that they have no idea about. They've got the revealed purpose of God, but there is a concealed purpose that God has that's not going to be revealed before they leave. When God called me into the mission work that I do, and I've got to give you little tidbits here and there along the way, what I had, what God had revealed to me at that time was that missionaries needed help and they needed somebody that could come alongside of them. And if they needed to get away for medical reasons or vacation or, or to visit their supporting churches, that they needed somebody that they could trust that's going to come in and stand before their people and preach and feed them, not lead them, but feed them. Because that's the pastor's job is to lead them. I'm there like a spare tire pastor I'm there just to lead them in the direction that he's already taken them I'm there to feed them make sure they're nourished up and when he gets back that they, they've been well attended to it's not like starting over the sheep haven't been scattered but they know that they can trust who's there that they're not going to hurt their people but they're going to help their people and so they can go get refreshed whatever they need from God or their families or anything else and be able to come back and that's what God put in my heart that was the revealed plan that I knew about. 
Now, I told you, I, I didn't know where I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to find the places to do it. When people would ask me that question, I had no answer. I just know what God's called me to. That's what was revealed. You got your Bibles. Turn to the book of John chapter 16. A couple of verses there I want to read. John chapter 16 verse 12. But there's thing about Christianity that we know but we really don't know. I said there are some things about Christianity that you know or at least you think you know but you really don't know. Because most of the time when you set out to do something for God, when He has give you part of the plan and understand always it seems when He gives you something to start with, it's just part of the plan. There's going to be things that go unexpectedly once you actually start enacting the plan. Now, our expectations are always that when we set out to do something for God, that things are going to go well. When a young man and a young girl starts to set out, they're excited about the news that they're going to get married, and they're just in love, and they're excited about the wedding day, and they're excited about the day that that guy, she don't have to leave him. They don't have to kiss goodnight anymore. They're going to be able to stay together. And everybody that's been married any length of time knows there's going to be a day that she's going to realize he don't go home. I'm not discouraging people from getting married. I've been married 32 years. I'd hate to think of not having my wife with me. She completes me in that. I'm just saying what I thought it was and what it was was two different things. John chapter 16 verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot what? Bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to what? In other words, he's telling his disciples, I know more than what I've said to you. But I've not said some things to you because where you are right now, you could not bear the news if I told you now. But if you'll grow and you'll go, by the time you get to a spot down here to where you're going to need the news, you're going to have grown to a spot that you're going to be able to bear it over there, but you can't bear it right now. And so the understanding I want us to have through the text here is that whenever a missionary may come here and he begins to lay out his heart and says, here's what I want to go and here's my purpose, then understand that as he's saying that, no, he doesn't know all of what he's saying. He may have expectations. He may have desires. He may not be sure whether they come from him, God, or the mission board. But when he goes, when he walks, when he goes to distance, he's going to reach a spot where God's going to clarify more purpose than what he set out with. And as a supporting church, it will help him if you can hold the rope. I've told my kids and I've told young preachers 
Young missionaries, I say it like this. I say it's not what you know you don't know that's going to be your problem. It's what you don't know that you don't know. That's where your problem's going to be. You see, when they knew out, they knew the plan that God was going to take them. They, they were going to go to Jerusalem and they were going to go to Christ. But they didn't know anything about Herod. They didn't know at the stop at Herod's house. They didn't know when they got there what they thought was good news to them, they thought would be good news to somebody else. They thought everybody that they would talk to would have the same desire once they hear the news that they've heard because they've come this far. They've come all this way. I came from Virginia to Wyoming and I've got some good news. I've been blessed. God's done something for me. And I come to Wyoming they don't care. (laughs) Brother Kevin so accurately alluded to it last night. The shortest span of time that I saw one guy stay was one week. I know of one that spent four years on deputation, six months on the field. Because sometimes things aren't going to go the way we think they're going to go. I remember when I set out, I was going to start Faith Baptist Church. And I remember sitting my first month or so there. We were already starting in a building program. And I, I was sitting there and I got my five-year plan together. I was there 13 years, never got close to it. <laughs> Key words were my five-year plan. I'm just saying it didn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to go. So they get to town and they're, they're given the good news. And, and as he was talking about, many missionaries come to the field and they, 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 they'll go around to all the churches and say, man, God, want, these people need God. And God wants to do something in their life. Y'all pray for me. Y'all support me to go out there because God wants to do something in their life. And after they've been there six months, a week, a year or two years, they'll say these words this. They'll say, these people don't want God. I'm going back home. See, the problem is your vocabulary changed. These people never did want God. But God sure did want them. That's a whole different story. But when the wise men get there, they're oblivious. He's not said anything about Herod. He's not said anything about the character of Herod. While they're standing there in front of Herod, they're just blatantly talking openly about the birth of Christ. They're telling how long he's been, how long he's telling all the details of when they saw the star and, and how long they've been traveling. And they give him every detail that they're going that he's going to need to find Christ. Thinking he's doing something good. Everyone in their heart, at the time they did it, they did it with enthusiasm, I believe, and excitement at telling Herod what they told him. And they're going to leave Herod. Now, God had a purpose for them going to Herod, but they didn't know it. And they're going to leave Herod with plans to come back and tell Herod not just that he's born, not just how old he is, but they're going to tell Herod the exact spot he's going to be. That's their heart. But God hasn't revealed all of his purpose yet. You see, they're going to go down. And 
So you're not going to get God's next plan until you fulfill the plan he already has given you. See, sometimes your hesitation is because you're wanting more plans than you're going to get. You've got enough knowledge to have faith to move in what he's given you. And you're not going to get what's next till you get there. Until they have gone and they've delivered the gifts. Until they've gone and they've done what God would have them to do. And you can think they're probably like the shepherds. They're they're exceedingly great joy. They're excited about everything that's just happened. God has blessed them. They've met Christ. They've given these things. They just have no idea what their obedience to God is going to cost the town that they came to. Let me ask you a question. How readily do you think those wise men would have left the east if they had known that because of them every baby that's two years old and under is going to die in the town that they go to? You see, if you're not careful, you think every missionary you send is going to make the place better than it was. But it could be when he gets there, things may get worse instead of better. So you always have a positive light. If, if, if God is in it, then everything's going to go great. You haven't read your Bible. That's what I'm saying. We've got wrong expectations because of where we've got our sources and thoughts about missions. Because in the Bible, he said it this way. In this world, you shall have tribulation. You're going to suffer persecution. In fact, the revelation I had this year, you talk about depressing at the moment that I received it, is because I one goal I had in life was to have a good funeral. That's sick, but I wanted to have a good funeral. I didn't want everybody just grieving, whining, snotting, crying, all that kind of stuff, but I wanted a whole bunch of people to show up and acknowledge that for a little while, that's important. Weird, I know. But he taught me in the life of Christ this year. He taught me in the life of Paul. That if I actually live a Christian life and do everything that God would have me to do, more than likely at my death, there'll be more people that are glad I'm gone. Just the opposite of what I'd long for. You see, because the truth of the matter is, a lot of times we, when we do things for God, we're doing it with our purpose in mind. And when we don't get our purposes, we get depressed and we get discouraged because our purposes were not fulfilled with what we had in mind. The missionary that cannot write back to you and tell you things that are going great, they're going to feel frustrated because they, they're going to lose their support because they're not being productive in their own minds. The second thing's going to happen to them is that personally, us men, uh, us as people, the way we get our gratification is we, we see things happen before us that make us valuable. And we show, I went to that place and I had a bunch of people got saved and, and people's lives were changed. And all of us would shout over that and say, and, and I've said a lot of guys from the south and the east, they struggle coming to the west because they don't amen out here like where they came from. And so when they get up there trying to preach, they, they can't preach. They, they struggle with it because they're used to that feedback. They're used to that response. And, and, and they feel like, I'm not getting where I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you're doing the will of God. You're doing the work of God. It's not about what I'm getting from you. It's about what God's given from me to you. 
his purpose rather than my purpose. Because he's the one when it comes to mission, he establishes the purpose. And I'm just saying all the purposes that you have in mind when you leave where you are to go where God wants you to go, they may not actually work out the way you thought they were going to. I'm going to give you a simple but dumb illustration, okay? Some of you are going to get mad at me, but let me finish it. When I grew up, I liked cows. I still like cows. Because you can eat cows when they're done. I do not, didn't like dogs. I didn't like cats. And I especially didn't like them little what I call sissy dogs. Too small to do anything. They have no clue you could squash them like a bug. A lot of bark. Well, I get my first trip to Alaska. I'm the missionary. I'm going to the field to Alaska the first time. I'm headed into Eskimo territory. I told you I've been scared of, of that they're going to kill me. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to leave. I'm afraid they're going to bury me somewhere out, out in the tundra and I'm not going to make it. I'm dealing with all those kind of things. But the thing that broke me while I was up there was a sissy dog. See, when I got there, again, when you're a missionary, a lot of people, the problem is they've read books and they've romanticized missions and they have put it in a category that it's not. Okay? And I learned that in Wainwright, Alaska. When I got there, there was a family that had been there and they were going to be gone and I was going to be there for six weeks. And, and they had... A sissy dog, they had a man dog, and they had a cat. Now, the man dog had to be tied outside. I had to actually throw him a bone so he would eat the bone while I was scooping up the poop that was around him so he wouldn't eat me. But I got all the chores of everybody in the house, and there was uh, three girls and one boy and a mom and a daddy, and I had actually had, when I got there, I had a book of chores that I had to do every day. Now, one of the things that I had to do, I didn't know they had a frou-frou dog. And when I, I got there is they had a schedule. They didn't just have a frou-frou dog that stayed inside. I'd never had an inside dog in my life. But this little frou-frou dog had a schedule of things. Nine in the morning, he had to go out and do number one. One o'clock, he had to go do number two. Five o'clock, number one. And at nine o'clock at night, number two. I kid you not. And every time that dog come in the house, I had to wipe its feet. And they had that dog trained. It would lift its paws up for me to wipe its feet. And I'm just telling you, there's no way to feel manly out with frou-frou in the village. And I didn't like it. I didn't like dogs, number one. But Fru-Fru loved me. They say dogs are supposed to be smart. They can tell. But every dog I've ever had in my life was dumb because they all act like I love them. <laughs> the missionary even said, when I walked in the door, that dog immediately ran up to me and was friendly to me. He said, that dog has never done that in his life. So here it was. It was out one night. It was 9 o'clock at night. It was time for number two. And I've not had a great day. 
It's about 10 degrees outside. The wind chill is probably 20, 30 below zero. And it's time for Fru-Fru to do number two. And I want to go to bed. And Fru-Fru is having a lot of trouble concentrating that night. If you ever had a frou-frou dog, you know what I'm talking about. Every little thing. It was like almost. He would sit and it was so close and then it was like squirrel. I'm just saying this wasn't in my program of the revealed. And so for the first 15 or 20 minutes, I'm okay. But about 20 minutes in, I'm starting to get mad at the dog. And I'm outside talking to the dog. Making threats to the dog. I mean, I finally tell him, I said, Fru-Fru, you're going to do number two or I'm going to squeeze it out of you. We're not going back in that house till you've done it because sure as the world... We go back in the house, it's going to hide somewhere during the night and the, and the people are going to come back and they're going to find it and they know and know. <laughs> I finally got so angry. I'm serious, I'm standing out there on the side of, of the street pointing to this dog and talking. And I said, I just want you to know right now, if I could, I'd kill you and bury you. After I got mad at the dog and he still wasn't doing any cooperating. Same thing. We have got so close. He'd go away. I finally got mad at God. I've been out there almost 45 minutes. In 10 degree weather. Trying to get Fru-Fru to do number two. And I said, Lord, I did not sign up for this. This was not what I had in mind. And I'd express my anger at the dog. I'm out there expressing my anger to God. And this is what the Lord began to speak. He said, I thought you came to help missionaries and help meet their needs. Because all that, all that family has, they don't have anybody in the town that really likes them. They don't have anybody in the town that cares they're there. But they got a little dog that they love it and it loves them. And I promise you they'd not be out here treating that dog like you're treating that dog right now. So if you want to do a quality job of serving missionaries, then change your attitude toward the work you have to do. You see, I didn't see that purpose of doing a good job in the most minor of things. And right there on the street corner, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. I kid you not. Free, free, squatted, did number two. We went back in the house. <laughs> How come? Because he's got purposes that you and I don't know about. Because the, up there, it wasn't about me just going up there and doing a work for them. God took me up there to do a work in me. 
God wanted to grow me. God wanted to change me. He wanted to take me to a place like in the book of Psalms chapter 23 where he would take me to a scene. Let me see who I am. Let me see who God is. And when I exit the scene, I can be changed. But not only am I changed, but I can come and give you the same message that God gave me. And you can see and feel the things that went on and then realize in your own life that somewhere along the way, you've probably had a frou-frou situation. Because in following God, it didn't turn out like you thought it was going to turn out when he began to reveal what his plan was. I told you, and I'm going to close with this. Last night when I came out west, I told you God would give me a couple of things. One, take them out to eat. Two, don't try to do anything. Don't try to preach. That was the revealed plan. It wasn't until I got to Livingston, Montana, about a week later after I was, I was doing what I was doing, that God revealed why it was that way. Billy Carter was up there at the time. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if he's there anymore, but I went to his church. I'd met him during the day. What, what, what happened after I was up at Sundance, it just kind of happened where this preacher said, okay, you need to meet that preacher, and that preacher said, you need to meet that preacher, and it just snowballed after that, and God gave me favor. But I was up there at Billy Carter's and I met him that day. And we just met. We talked for a while and I didn't ask to preach. I didn't ask to do anything. I said, you know, if y'all like to go out to eat tonight. And they said, well, we go out every Wednesday night after service. They several of us get together. I said, good, I'd love, I'd love to buy you supper tonight when we, when we get done. And I went and I listened to a preach. And I just sat there and I amen. And I got done and I was sitting there at the supper. And this is what Billy Carter said to me. He said, preacher, I appreciate what you, the way you're doing what you're doing. Because, see, I didn't know this at the time. He said, we're right near Yellowstone Park. And he said, you don't know how many missionaries come through here and they want a place to preach. Say, they want to be a help to me. And they want a place to preach. But what they're really wanting is somebody to give them an offering so they can stay in their camper another night in the campground so they can continue their vacation. Oh, I've seen that so many times out here since I've moved here. You see, I had a plan I didn't know the purpose of the plan till later on I first had to follow it and in days he revealed it now the question is as we, we get ready to part here that's the, the truth for uh, them that's the, the truth for me but understand it applies just as much to you you're going to have to understand you may have know that God wants you to go somewhere and God wants you to do and you know that that's the purpose of your going when you're going to go you're going to say this or you're going to give this or you're going to do that you may not know what the function of it is and what it's going to do and there's going to be times that you go and do that and it makes it worse in fact a lot of times I tell young men the mistake a lot of guys make when they first go into the ministry or they take a church or they go into the mission field is they don't understand that the first two or three, four years is not going to be about what God does through them. It's going to be about what God does in them. It's not going to be about the ministry. It's not going to go in and blow up. And it's, If it does, it's probably going to, it's going to go back just as quick. But when Moses got down to Egypt, everybody got excited when he got there, but it didn't last long. It got worse. How come? Because God had to show his man some things and teach him some things because he was there, but he wasn't ready to leave like God wanted him to. And so I just need to be willing to trust God's plan. Because a lot of times our biggest frustration is when we don't feel our purposes are being accomplished. But understand, he tells me to plant, he tells me to water, he has never once told me to give the increase.
He's just called me to come this week, give you everything that God's given me to give. And I'll go on my way and hope and trust the Lord to do with it what he wants to in your life. But I can say it sure has been a help to me. I know this. He had a plan in bringing me here. That was a year and a half ago, about when we talked about this meeting. And he's very timely. I'm closing with this. He's very timely. Because what the wise men don't know, they don't know about the scriptures in the Old Testament and the promises and the prophecies of the Old Testament. And God's going to use them to bring the prophecy of those voices in Ramah that are crying out. He's going to use them to bring it to pass. And they don't know that as far as the New Testament is concerned, they're going to be one of the first mission supporters of the New Testament. How come? This is why they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and not diapers and clothes. They didn't understand the purpose. See, Joseph is a carpenter. But the carpenter is going to have to go down to Egypt in an emergency leave. And he's not going to be able to carpenter while he's there to meet their needs. And so before he ever knows he has to leave, God's had the provisions on the way of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to take care of the needs that he's going to have because he's that good at what he does. You don't have to know it. You just have to know him. Father, that seemed to be the distance that you'd have me to go tonight. And Lord, once again, you've been so kind in helping me. And Lord, I'm thanking you for the lessons. God, you know at the times, Lord, there have been so many times I've been so frustrated, I've been angry, I've been upset. Lord, I've been hurt at the way things turned out where you've sent me to do what you'd have me to do. But Lord, as Brother Benji already said tonight, it's not about me, it's not about him, it's not about us, it's about you and Lord, what you want to accomplish. Thy will be done. Your plan, your purpose. And I pray, God, that you give this church a heart in their own ministry, God, here, Lord, to where they could hear from you. And they don't have to know how it's going to work out. They just know what you've given them to do. And when time comes, you'll give them what they need from there. But, Lord, at the same time, Lord, as a, 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 an enriched, supporting church, I pray that they would understand when their missionaries come through and they're going to go somewhere, I pray you'd help them to see things and know things that maybe even that missionary themselves don't know, that when they go and they are feeling that failure, when they're feeling the frustration of things not going the way it is, that they would do exactly what Brother Benji said, that they would help hold the rope, not just saying, Lord, pray for the missionary, but, Lord, getting specific in their words of request because they have understanding of what their needs are. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.